Hey, it's Matt. I think we can all agree that freedom is a basic need. Am I right? And if we're honest, we take some of the smallest freedoms for granted. At least I know I do sometimes. But for victims of human trafficking, even the most basic freedoms are gone. Like going to the bathroom alone or driving a car. This is the case with Amy from mid-Missouri, whose boyfriend trafficked her for five years. Trafficking doesn't happen like we might think it does. It's a much more subtle process. And even in the most rural areas, human trafficking is a huge problem. Today's guest will teach us a lot about what to look for, what to do, and what not to do, and how it can happen to almost anyone, our sister, our daughter, our brother, and how we can help make a difference. We've hosted a variety of entrepreneurs on the show. Some run for-profit businesses, other have a giving component. In your experience, how do entrepreneurs find their way into each of these paths? I think uh, the not-for-profit realm uh, attracts people uh, with a big heart and uh, attracts people with, with a zeal for an issue or for underserved populations. Um, and a surprising part is you have to take that, that zeal, that passion, that heart and wed it with some sound entrepreneurial and business principles. You need some systems. Uh, you need some systems for support and for executing. And so I, I tend to lean more naturally toward the creative, the catalytic, uh, the, the new ideation. But I've had to learn a lot about the execution side, about the system side that you need to go together with that, with that uh, creative piece. The challenges of follow through consistency and, and systems, those are all things that we hear over and over again on the show as being common challenges for a lot of entrepreneurs. How do you coach yourself through some of those, some of those blockers? Having a vision and a, and a broad strategic vision comes a little more naturally to me, but uh, having the disciplined focus to execute and not be all over the map, not yeah. constantly trying new things, not constantly, what's the next thing, what's the next thing, having the follow through, having a system in place to see that the follow through is there, that the services that you, that you envision and that you develop are done well. Uh, and that takes a lot, uh, a lot of work. The administrative side, you know, to support uh, those things from uh, the accounting to uh, the supply chains to logistics to supervision, uh, the hiring and, uh, and onboarding and supervision of staff, uh, the recruiting and the uh, deploying of volunteers. Uh, all of those things conceptually can come easily to an entrepreneur. Hey, we could do this. We could get people to do that. But having the, the discipline to execute, to focus, to bring people along, to help them know how to be a part, uh, those uh, the supervision, uh, the administrative, those all took a lot, of, a lot of learning and a lot of growth, still trying to grow in those respects. The reason uh, I got into uh, seeking to help restore survivors of human trafficking was uh, we were overseas for 18 years, as I mentioned. We were in Asia and Eastern Europe during that time. And um, we ran into a lot of human trafficking. Uh, it was very blatant, it was very in your face, it was very aggressive. 
There was uh, systemic corruption. The authorities often were in on it with the traffickers and, and others. Uh, and it was just kind of raw and in your face uh, and aggressive and protected. And it was a, a very daunting, massive, ugly thing. And I remember thinking, this is so big and so difficult, I could never do anything to really have an impact and make a difference. After those 18 years, we returned to the States and I was shocked to find out that even here in the Midwest where we're headquartered, we had a big problem with human trafficking uh, as well. So as we kind of dove into that, say trying to find out how, how we could be of some help, what we discovered was that the big missing gap, right? If you were gonna do a SWOT analysis or a gap analysis for a business plan or for any other initiative, the, the opportunity, uh, the need, and the big missing piece was long-term restorative care for survivors of human trafficking that's residentially based. There's a lot of reasons for that. It's expensive, it's very difficult. Uh, it requires quite a bit of, of resourcing of persons and expertise and staff and volunteers and support. And so not a lot of people uh, get into that. And so we do both adults and children, but that's, that's where we saw, okay, there's this gargantuan gap that's not being met. And uh, we felt led to jump into that gap to mobilize people. And what we learned was you can help change the lives and save the lives of victims of human trafficking by, by pulling together, by establishing safe homes, by engaging people uh, in this need. It's a very practical, though challenging and difficult work. It's a very tangible, practical thing that can be done if you take the time mm -hmm. and build the networks uh, to address it and learn uh, what trauma-informed care and trauma therapy and these other uh, rather advanced things, the professionals that are needed. You have to learn those things. But we found out that was the gap. That was the big missing piece. We felt led to address it, and then we've been, we're in our ninth year. Uh, uh, we, we opened in 2015 with our first home. Uh, we spent a year and a half studying the issue, finding out what the need was, uh, and then began rallying people uh, around this, this need for long-term residential restorative care. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Forming a nonprofit like yours is pretty different uh, road for an entrepreneur, but you know there's a huge, huge need for it. I'm reading that human trafficking is much more widespread than we realize. How did you come to get a heart for this and marry that together with your startup spirit? In regard to entrepreneurship, I guess I've always been a little bent towards being a starter, an initiator of new things. Uh, I've done that in terms of ministry, in terms of not-for-profit uh, uh, in general. Started a trucking company along the way that didn't do real well. Uh, but I've always had an interest in starting things, catalyzing new things, whether it was within an existing organization or whether it was starting from scratch. My name is Rodney Hammer. I'm the founder and president of Rehope. We restore survivors of human trafficking in, in long-term residential safe homes. I did go to college at Baylor University. I had a very, uh, I'd say, traditional uh, educational path, but always had this, uh, this heart for, for starting new things, improving things, uh, coming up with new approaches 
to, to doing things. So I've kind of always had that entrepreneurial bent. My wife and I served uh, internationally for 18 years and wow. uh, in, in, in two different countries, well, actually a cluster of countries uh, in, in Asia, in Southeast Asia, and before that in China, we actually started local branches of NGOs or not-for-profits. Uh, we created one from scratch, uh, and then we expanded two others into, into new areas. So uh, those were ways we could help contribute to the community uh, and bring services to places and people that, that lack that. So you spent almost a couple of decades overseas, and it gave you some real insight into this this problem. That was kind of an up-close and personal experience that you brought back home here to the U.S. How is your organization different from others here in the States and even overseas? Rehope uh, is a 501c3, to use U.S. language, tax-exempt, not-for-profit. Uh, we are faith-based, and we restore survivors of human trafficking, adult women and then children, meaning both boys and girls. Uh, we were formerly known and founded as Restoration House of Greater Kansas City, but now we're uh, looking to expand not only our, our impact and our effectiveness, but our, our reach as well. Uh, we had established kind of a social enterprise, a little, uh, a little micro enterprise uh, called Rehope, and Rehope Marketing Cafe to sell products made by survivors as well as do the coffee shop type thing. Mm -hmm. And we've decided now that Rehope is clearer about what we do. It's a lot simpler and easier to remember. Uh, it's not geographically bound. Uh, and it talks about how we bring hope to those that have become hopeless, have become enslaved, give them an opportunity to have a new life. So we do that primarily through long-term residential recovery homes for both adult women as well as girls and boys. We have uh, an adult women's campus at 17 acres that we're expanding. Uh, right now we have 18-bed capacity in two different residences on that property, and we're adding a third tiny cottage community, a transitional living community for women in that program as well. And then we have a separate campus uh, for children, a six acre campus. And we have opted for uh, a rural model, if you will. We wanna be within an hour's drive of, of jobs and medical care and legal help and other kinds of expertise. But we wanna be out in a little more of a pastoral setting, a peaceful healing environment. We call it the farm. We have goats, we have chickens, we have a garden. Uh, we have room to, to be outside, to, to enjoy uh, nature, to not be crowded and not be pressed by some of the issues that they're, they're coming out of. So as I mentioned, it's definitely a, a learning difficult process, but yeah. what, what we've learned uh, was we've kind of refined in, into our approach. One was that uh, we needed a rural model uh, that there are things that, of course, that need to be done in the heart of the cities. But if you want to do the long-term restorative care work, we need to get outside. So we found places where we could do that, places that we could afford, and then we kind of piece by piece develop those capacities, uh, those, uh, those facilities. Uh, but what we've been able to see is not just an expansion of facilities and capacity, but uh, we're also gaining uh, a lot of learning and knowledge uh, and 
partnering with uh, high-level trauma therapists, uh, psychiatrists, uh, and others. We do a lot of loving on folks, unconditional love, providing a healing, peaceful environment, providing the housing and the food and the, and the gardening and the resources and the therapeutic activities. But one of the things we learned was if we don't help them overcome at a really advanced level, their complex, chronic PTSD and other, and other traumas, then we haven't really set them up for success. We might have got them safe and stable, but we really haven't set them up for success long-term. So the other thing we've done is we've elongated the program. Now we go out to three years. So uh, obviously the adults are here voluntarily. They can come and go as they please. But we found that by elongating the process, by dealing on a deeper level uh, clinically with the trauma that they've experienced, as well as wrapping around the love and the peace and the healing and the resources uh, it gives them a, a much better chance at, at success in the long run. They gotta, they have to not only be safe and stable, but then they have to develop both job and educational mm -hmm. skills that they've been deprived of in the past. And then they they also have to build a resiliency, an ability to overcome that trauma, manage it, and even move past it. So they go from victims to survivors to thrivers. Mm -hmm. uh, just recently, we've had a, a handful of women graduate from the three-year program. Uh, we throw a party whenever we can, right? Uh, I think that's a key for anything in life, to celebrate the little things and the big things. It's very affirming. It's very encouraging. It brings people along. They see, you know, tangible, real results of lives changed, lives impacted. You know, one of the gals, one of the ladies, told, we have an all-female staff, right, that do the direct services. And then stuff, people like myself, we, we, uh, we may raise funds, we raise awareness, we mobilize people. Uh, but uh, one of the ladies told me at a, at a dinner that we threw for everybody in a party we were having, you know, two years ago, I was eating out of dumpsters. I was being exploited on the street. Uh, I was doing drugs to medicate the pain. I was being uh, abused and used and bought and sold. Uh, and now I, I got my high school diploma. I got. I bought a car because we don't charge them, so that when they do start working, they save all their money, mm -hmm. uh, and so they can save up money, so they can they don't have those vulnerabilities anymore. Uh, we see women getting uh, certified nurses assistant certifications, uh, culinary chef certifications, uh, GEDs, and high school diplomas. We've got. Uh, two women right now working on their bachelor's degree. And that's part of the reason we want to give them enough time so that they can, they can make these progressions. They can, they can have mentors. Uh, they can learn life skills, job skills. They can get certifications in education. And I tell them, we will help you find the resources and the scholarships to do as much study and as many degrees as you want to do. You want to learn how to code software? We're going to bring people alongside to teach you how to code software. You want to learn business, uh, the coffee shop business, the accounting side of it, the entrepreneurial skills. We've got a couple guys that got a real head for business. And uh, we have some other really creative and they've done some amazing things in developing these survivor-made products that we sell. They're gorgeous, they're custom, they're handmade, and they're, they're beautiful things. And even that has a, a wonderful therapeutic effect. So uh, we have little goats and chickens and, and chores on the farm and things to do. So, you know, it, it all has kind of a wrap around, what do you like, what are you good at, what do you wanna pursue? 
What are you discovering that, that you could do that you want to try? And we're going to help them have that opportunity. It's really, yeah. it's really awesome. It, it is beautiful. We had two women two weeks ago that completed their peer support specialist certification, which is a, a state of Missouri and other states have it certification where somebody that's come through like a recovery program or something can be licensed as uh, somebody that's passed the test and done the study uh, and developed the skills to be then a help to somebody else that's coming along you know behind them and we hired two of those women on staff that came through our program and we had a big party for that too yeah i love it this really has me thinking, and I'm sure it has our listeners thinking too. At the opening of today's show, I shared a brief story of a victim of trafficking from Missouri I had read about in Vox magazine, and it literally sounded like I could ha- it could happen to pretty well anyone. But it sounds like we all really need to pay attention when we're out and about. Just really be very observant of our surroundings, because a victim could be right in front of us, a neighbor, a classmate, or our own child. You know, how, how do you even know? So there's some common patterns. Uh, so there's a few things you can you can look for. But first of all, you'd want to have to kind of subdefine the categories. So you've got in human trafficking, you have primarily two main areas, sex trafficking and labor trafficking. So if it was labor trafficking, somebody was by force, fraud or coercion was made to work for virtually nothing or nothing enslaved in a sense. Uh, in a in a restaurant or uh, in a uh, in a strip club or or in a agricultural setting or a casino or something like that, and they were being labor trafficked. Uh, it, it, a common thing in both kinds of trafficking is somebody that's clearly under the control of another and they're not allowed to speak for themselves. Somebody that lives where they work, right? So I'm not talking about a workaholic. I'm talking about uh, a cluster of women living where they work not allowed to speak for themselves. Um, more men are labor trafficked than women and a lot more women are sex trafficked than, than, than men or, or boys and girls. Uh, there are some telltale uh, signs of uh, tattoos. Like if you see uh, tattoos that are like dollar signs, uh, a crown, daddy's whatever, uh, these are these are a barcode. Unfortunately, is sometimes done. They uh, traffickers often brand to show ownership and to remind the person that they're under their control. And by the way, people often ask, why don't they just walk away, run away? Well, uh, they are uh, controlled uh, by uh, emotionally, physically, uh, by massively negative, violent. Uh, means when when necessary to control their their behavior there's trauma bonding that goes on they're they're led to believe that they couldn't possibly make it without the trafficker Uh, and so those kinds of control signs some tattoos some odd relationships of older to younger um, those are those are some of the things that that you can see uh, if you're, if you're paying attention, I know one of the things I learned was most people are proud of their tattoos, right? Mm-hmm. And so you could just say, Hey, that's a cool tattoo. You know, what's that about? And if it's normal, they'll just tell you, you know, or they might say it's none of your business, but generally if you say, Hey, that's a cool tattoo. What is that? Oh, well, you know, my uncle is so-and-so and I love him so much. He helped raise me and you know, that's his name or that's my boyfriend or that's my girlfriend, uh, or, uh, 
or, or that's my team or that's whatever. But mm-hmm. if you see some of these kind of tattoos, they seem odd. They don't want to talk about it. If something seems really out of whack, somebody seems very disturbed, unable to speak for themselves, uh, maybe not allowed to interact with you. Uh, if you do have a chance, uh, if you're in the healthcare field, if you're in the legal field, if you're in the law enforcement field, if you're in uh, hospitality services in a hotel, we had a staff member that used to work at hotels, and you see these these things. Uh, this if for children, the sudden presence of money, new clothes, new tattoos, older boyfriends. They're a minor, and the boyfriend is is uh, a, an adult. Uh, you know, a very simple diagnostic question is, are you okay? Now, they won't often respond with, no, I'm not, but sometimes they will. Uh, then you can, uh, you can follow up. You can call 911. You can dial the National Trafficking Hotline. Uh, you, can do those, you can do those kinds of things. Um, you can uh, try to get somebody uh, help uh, if they do respond to you. Uh, the other thing is, if you treat people like they're invisible or like they're scary, then they don't ever get help. But mm-hmm. if, you, if you think in terms of this is a human, somebody's daughter, somebody's granddaughter, uh, somebody's son uh, uh, or daughter, and I would want them to reach out to, to mine. If you can think in terms of the humanity of it, not the ugliness of it or what's put off, put off uh, looking to you and focus on the humanity. Are you hungry? Are you okay? I've had so many survivors tell me it stuck out to them when somebody just humanized them, saw them, recognized them, spoke to them. And even if it didn't happen that day, it's so deceit of there are people that are not here to exploit me and abuse me. There are people that care. So generally speaking, you and I and the general listener are are not going to be able to perform the rescue. Yeah. And it's really not advisable to try unless you're specially trained uh, or or you're attached to uh, another group that's specially trained. But what you can do is you can report the situation. You can express uh, humanity. Um, I'll give you a couple of examples. Uh, So if you're in uh, the healthcare field, the law enforcement field, uh, uh, medical, hospitality, travel, transportation, those are all uh, arenas in which people uh, may frequently run across somebody's being trafficked. So educating yourself on the signs, but also then who do I call? Uh, going online to the Polaris website and getting the information on the human trafficking hotline, finding out who in your state or your city has an anti-trafficking unit in law enforcement and, and, be, and learn to specifically what you should say if you call 911 uh, or, or these other uh, connections that you can make, try to get somebody help. Uh, most of the time, most of us are not gonna have that opportunity for, uh, for that kind of interpersonal interaction. But a friend of mine uh, recently noted that in their neighborhood, a neighbor told her, her good friend, did you notice that that rental house uh, has all kind of luxury cars showing up through the night and tends to be only men getting out and going into that rental property? And then uh, they saw some video equipment and other stuff through the window. Okay, now that stands out, right? 
but that's not a time to get, uh, you know, to go John Wayne uh, on them. That's a time to get law enforcement involved. So you can observe something out of place, uh, but uh, typically you're going to want to get somebody else involved to, to get them the help that, that they need. Uh, it is true that there are some that work in the juvenile realm, the children's division, family services realm, uh, law enforcement and uh, healthcare professionals. They do have some legal rights to intervene. And uh, those folks, if they've not had trafficking specific training, they need to seek it out. We partner with a group called the Human Trafficking Training Center and they train professionals and law enforcement and others. You could reach out to them for that kind of training. Um, so there are things you can do to educate yourself. Uh, there are connections to make. Uh, and then find out if you have a victim services provider like Rehope in your area uh, that you can refer somebody to. If you're a counselor or if you're in another a field or you're just a concerned citizen, how can you support? How can you be involved and how can you refer? We get referrals from social workers, hospitals, courts, uh, probation, uh, addiction recovery and drug addiction recovery uh, programs. Uh, we get messages through Facebook and, and texts and others. We have a crisis hotline. Uh, and so there are ways to, if you can kind of educate yourself to how to connect people and know what to do in, in each situation. So in our experience, most businesses, including nonprofits, are an evolving process. How has Rehope changed from when it was started about nine years ago? So as I mentioned, it's definitely a, a learning difficult process. But yeah. what, what we've learned uh, was we've kind of refined in, into our approach. One was that uh, we needed a rural model, uh, that there are things that, of course, need to be done in the heart of the cities. But if you want to do the long-term restorative care work, you need to get outside. So we found places where we could do that places that we could afford, and then we kind of piece by piece develop those capacities, uh, those, uh, those facilities. Uh, but what we've been able to see is not just an expansion of facilities and capacity, but uh, we're also gaining a, a lot of learning and knowledge uh, and partnering with uh, high-level trauma therapists, uh, psychiatrists, uh, and others. We do a lot of loving on folks, unconditional love, providing a healing, peaceful environment, providing the housing and the food and the and the gardening and the resources and the therapeutic activities. But one of the things we learned was if we don't help them overcome at a really advanced level, their complex, chronic PTSD and other and other traumas, then we haven't really set them up for success. We might have got them safe and stable, but we really haven't set them up for success long term. So the other thing we've done is we've elongated the program. Now we go up to three years. So uh, obviously the adults are here voluntarily. They can come and go as they please. But we found that by elongating the process, by dealing on a deeper level uh, clinically with the trauma that they've experienced, as well as wrapping around the love and the peace and the healing and the resources uh, it gives them a, a much better chance at, at success in the long run. They got to they have to not only be safe and stable, but then they have to develop both job and educational mm -hmm. skills that they've been deprived of in the past. And then they they also have to build a resiliency, an ability to overcome that trauma, manage it, and even move 
past it. So they go from victims to survivors to thrivers. Mm -hmm. uh, just recently, we've had a, a handful of women graduate from the three-year program. Uh, we throw a party whenever we can, right? Uh, I think that's a key for anything in life, to celebrate the little things and the big things. It's very affirming. It's very encouraging. It brings people along. They see, you know, tangible, real results of lives changed, lives impacted. You know, one of the gals, one of the ladies, told, we have an all-female staff, right, that do the direct services. And then stuff, people like myself, we, we, uh, we may raise funds, we raise awareness, we mobilize people. Uh, but uh, one of the ladies told me at a, at a dinner that we threw for everybody in a party we were having, you know, two years ago, I was eating out of dumpsters. I was being exploited on the street. Uh, I was doing drugs to medicate the pain. I was being uh, abused and used and bought and sold. Uh, and now I, I got my high school diploma. I got, I bought a car because we don't charge them so that when they do start working, they save all their money. Mm -hmm. uh, and so they can save up money so they can, they don't have those vulnerabilities anymore. Uh, we see women getting uh, certified nurses assistant certifications, uh, culinary chef certifications, uh, GEDs and high school diplomas. We've got uh, two women right now working on their bachelor's degree. And that's part of the reason we want to give them enough time so that they can they can make these progressions they can they can have mentors uh, they can learn life skills job skills they can get certifications in education and i tell them we will help you find the resources and the scholarships to do as much study and as many degrees as you want to do you want to learn how to code software we're going to bring people alongside to teach you how to code software you want to learn business uh, the coffee shop business, the accounting side of it, the entrepreneurial skills. We've got a couple guys that got a real head for business. And uh, we have some other really creative, and they've done some amazing things in developing these survivor-made products that we sell. They're gorgeous. They're custom. They're handmade, and they're, they're beautiful things. And even that has a, a wonderful therapeutic effect. So uh, we have little goats and chickens and, and chores on the farm and things to do. So, you know, it all has kind of a wrap around what do you like, what are you good at, what do you want to pursue, what are you discovering that, that you could do, that you want to try, and we're going to help them have that opportunity. It's really, yeah. it's really awesome. It, it is beautiful. We had two women two weeks ago that completed their peer support specialist certification, which is a, a state of Missouri and other states have it certification where somebody that's come through like a recovery program or something can be licensed as uh, somebody that's passed the test and done the study and uh, developed the skills to be then a help to somebody else that's coming along you know behind them and we hired two of those women on staff that came through our program and we had a big party for that too yeah i love it if someone out there listening is a victim of trafficking or thinks they know someone who is what should they do you know, interestingly enough, uh, uh, often we've had uh, out of state or from all over the country, we've had uh, women that have been trafficked that will take a moment to get on a, you know, a cafe uh, internet place or whatever. They can look up victim services providers like Rehope uh, or others. They can look them up online, doesn't take but a second and find out and then we'll get like a chat or a or, a, or an email, or uh, they'll go on our Facebook, 
you can go they can go on social media and connect with a victim services provider uh, there are some databases that can be checked but if they don't know any of that uh, they need to they need to connect with if they feel positive about law enforcement in their area they can go through law enforcement they can go to a hospital or an er they can go to a designated safe place in in the midwest in the south and the southwest quick trips are designated safe places and a child can go there and know that the, the the manager will call the number for them and have somebody come and see how they they can be helped so there are some uh, ready-made opportunities to to connect with someone that that can get them help quick trip is a is a big gas station chain okay. in the midwest the southwest and the south uh, and, but, you know, you could go to a 7-Eleven or, or a Quick Trip gas station or a hospital ER uh, or places like that and say, I, I need help. And then they're going to connect you to, to, to the right places. Quick Trip in particular, is, they have signs that say safe place. And uh, they have connections wherever cities they are in with those that help youth and others get, get social service help. So rehope.org is our website, and there you can find out what we do. Uh, you, can, you can learn more. You can donate. You can get involved uh, financially or, or otherwise in terms of different ways to volunteer, both in person, but if you're from somewhere else online, starting a, a, a group to learn about human trafficking and to connect with someone like us that... Uh, about how you can how you can help how you can be an advocate how you can support so all of that is a great place to start is just rehope.org uh, you can contact us to, to learn more you can sign up for our newsletter list uh, you can help uh, donate uh, but you can also find other groups in your area and and do the same kind of thing it, it's not it's a simple google search to find you know uh, where are the where are the service providers, victim services providers regarding human trafficking. You can go to the Department of Justice, Homeland Security websites. They have a lot of information on human trafficking, FBI. Uh, there is a couple groups, uh, the National Trafficking Shelter Alliance that we're a member of, the Samaritan Women Institute for Shelter Care, uh, Shared Hope International. Uh, these are all Polaris these are all places that have resources, things you can learn, uh, and they can connect you to uh, the Safe House Project. Those that can all connect you to people that are in service provision and prevention and education. If you, if you want to be a part of legislative and lobbying things, Exodus Cry and Shared Hope International are both really good at that side of things. Uh, for parents out there, you know, you can, you can learn and educate yourself on how to protect your children online and otherwise from predators and and uh, from traffickers and others seeking to groom them online. That's the, the biggest growth area, unfortunately, for traffickers to groom and to recruit. So there's, there's a lot out there to be learned and then applied in both uh, prevention as well as uh, policy and as well as uh, helping those that have been victimized be restored. 
That's it, folks, for today's Pass the Secret Sauce episode. This was a episode that was a little bit different than ones in the past and really wanted to bring this topic to your attention. So if you yourself or loved one you feel might be involved in human trafficking, take Rodney's advice, you know, make the phone calls, get help, um, reach out and try to get someone else help. Don't let them uh, just go through this alone. Odds are, if you're hearing my voice right now, you may be a self-made business owner who feels like I live in the dream, but the problem is I'm completely unhappy and unfulfilled. And it's like, I looked at my life and I'm like, I should be happy. This is so frustrating. I sacrificed so much and I worked so hard to get to this point just to realize that I'm unhappy and I'm unfulfilled. Then yes, this podcast is here to help. My life goal, probably much like yours, is to leave a lasting legacy that mattered. On the Pass the Secret Sauce podcast, I share with you everything that I've learned and uncovered from other successful entrepreneurs about building a business and a life with the financial freedom that allows us to give back to others. Let's face it though, it's going to take years for me to share what I know and what I'm able to learn from others in these free weekly episodes. And the truth is... You know, here's the idea, it's fully fleshed out. No, the thing is, you're never gonna have a lightning bolt perfect idea. Like, it always starts with little things. So if you are waiting for that lightning bolt to come, it's not gonna happen. You need to take action now. If you're really committed to leaving a legacy that mattered by improving your life and your business faster than you could solo, then I sincerely invite you to our Secret Sauce Mastermind. This is a program that I put together so that I can rub elbows with and learn frameworks and systems from extremely skilled and successful individuals. That way, every member, myself included, can shortcut our learning curves. Unlike many masterminds where content is static, we poll our members monthly to find out what the most common struggles are currently, and then we leverage our network and the power of the podcast to bring in experts to help brainstorm unique solutions to our problems. You'll be able to interact directly with our experts on live Zoom calls and also be able to reference our growing historical content library. As a group, we will guide each other through personal and professional challenges while you incubate your legacy in a group who understands not just your goals, but also what makes you, you. If you're interested in applying for the mastermind, simply text, I want to apply to 40499SAUCE. So with that, I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Pass the Secret Sauce.